And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio. And and if you if you stuck around in, in the on Facebook or, or YouTube, I, I I thank you. If you downloaded part two, I hope you enjoyed part one. Obviously, you did if you downloaded part two. So I thank you for 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 downloading, and uh, I, I hope to bring you a great second half of the show. And here's one from Jeff Bolin, who comes to us via YouTube, who who is a new a new uh, watcher, a viewer, listener. As, as far as I'm, I've never, I've never uh, seen him. But he says, "Tony, if I ever get inducted into the Hall of Fame, I want you to do my speech. It's a deal. We can't shake hands, but I'll do it. I won't even charge much of a fee either. You know, because I, I do charge for my appearances because I'm, I'm so famous. But, but for you, for you, it'll be a big discount. So I thank you for, for, for that. And uh, I hope you do make it into the Hall of Fame. I don't know what your skill is." Uh, you know, the Steelers could use a, a, a number two corner. That's uh, a big question mark. So if you can do that and play it at a Hall of Fame level, I'll definitely induct you or present you when the time comes. So thank you for that. All right. And before I get into the, the uh, jersey number thing, um, I wanted to finish up on my thoughts on Harris. And that's to do with the football side of things. And if you watched, um, if you watched that, that, YouTube series, or if you, if you listen to his press conferences, uh, he said repeatedly, like, look, I, I kind of, you know, the, the thing that, 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 that I, I took away from my time in Alabama, I mean, this is Harris talking is when I had these zoom meetings with coaches, uh, before the draft, uh, I kind of knew all the, the, these formations. I knew all the schemes, the terminology was different, but I basically knew just about everything. Some, some meetings I didn't have to prepare for it because, because I was so well-schooled at, at, at all this stuff at Alabama. And I think that speaks well for Alabama. I don't know what the record was that they had. I think they set a record. Actually, I know they set a record for first-round draft picks. I don't know what the exact number was. I think it was six. That's neither here, here nor there. But they, they, they definitely have a lot of players drafted year in and year out. And they definitely have a lot of success at the college level. And, uh, I mean, you know, you know they, they, people don't like to talk about the fact that, you know, a lot of these players – they pick schools based on um, what could be what's best for for them as you know how how they could best be prepared to to make it in the NFL. And uh, I don't know what's so wrong with that. I mean, it's 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 part of, of college. You know, it might not be an actual class like like uh, algebra or sociology or something like that, but but it is it is a a a sport that you can uh, play at the professional level and. How many, how many uh, college students can go on to make six figures, seven figures, at their when when they um, enter the workforce for the first time? So, what's wrong with if you have the skill to be a if you're good enough to possibly be, be a professional football player? What's wrong with with picking the right school for you to prepare you for that? You know, it'd be the same thing if you. If you had the skill and desire to be a lawyer or a doctor, and you chose the the correct school to uh, to best prepare you for the, for those professions, now obviously uh, the, ch- the the chances, the odds of somebody uh, making in the pros out of college in the NFL are pretty pretty uh, low. But you can say the same thing about a lot of professions, like like uh, lawyers and doctors and uh, you know scientists right so i mean it, it, it's it's 
these aren't easy jobs to, 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 to master. These aren't easy professions to break into. So uh, again, what's wrong with, with, with being as prepared as you can, if that's what you want to do with your life, maybe you'd make it, maybe you don't, but uh, if you have the talent to do so, um, you should give the, your best shot. This doesn't mean you neglect all your other, other classes. You still have to, to, uh, to graduate and you still have to pass all your courses but you, but that's the same goes for for any other major that you have, quote unquote major. Uh, if, if you're a, a science major, you still have to to pass English, right? Your English courses if you want to if you want to uh, graduate. So I'm not saying that these players have to neglect their classes. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with with uh, um, being prepared for a possible career in the NFL where you're making a lot of money. So. And you can set yourself up for life. So I just wanted to say kudos to Alabama. And I'm sure a lot of other schools do the same thing. They, they, uh, and I'm sure it's a, a recruiting tool for them. I, I, I guarantee you Nick Saban goes into these kids' living rooms and say, look, I think you have the talent to be a pro someday. And this is the program for you if you want to do that. Dave once that it was Pitt's coach years ago. He did that. He, he was a, a, obviously an NFL coach. So, I mean, he, he sold these kids on, on, uh, being able to provide them a, 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 a program that could prepare them for the pros. And a lot of uh, players from that era made it into the NFL Pitt itself. Didn't do a, do a great, you know, didn't have a, have uh, much success beyond, you know, making it to bowl games. They didn't really factor into the national title picture or even make it to a, into major bowls, but they, they had a lot of players that, that made it to the pros under, under one side, like, like Darrell Rebus, for example. It's a great example. So, you know, again, uh, a kudos to, to, to these schools, especially Alabama, for getting these kids ready uh, to be pros. And, and I think you're seeing it already with, with Najee Harris. He seems to, to uh, be really prepared. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, he, he seems prepared. He seems to come to the NFL uh, uh, really prepared uh, from his days at Penn State. So, uh, you know, I think you're, you're, you probably have that with a lot of these big time schools. So that's, uh, that's that for the, the Harris segment of the show. And, and, uh, I just want to touch on one more thing before I took, before I take some questions and comments and that's Jersey numbers. I've always found them to be fascinating. And, um, and, and I, to me, I think it's an honor to have your number, your number retired by a team, no matter what the team is what the sport is, whether it's college or pro high school. When somebody says, look, this number is off limits, officially off limits to me, that's one of the highest honors you can receive in sports. It's, it's right just below the hall of fame in my opinion. But what I've always found fascinating is the unofficially retired numbers. Is that, is that the right grammar? Unofficially retired. Yeah. And the Steelers obviously have a lot of those. Uh, they have ben, uh, Bradshaw, Franco, um, um, uh, Mike Webster, Mel Blunt, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham. I can I can go on and on and on. Heinz Ward, Jerome Bettis, uh, Troy Polamalu. Now you know uh, there's probably there's probably ten that I missed. They have a lot of unretired or unofficially retired numbers, and you know they always they like to say, look, we have a lot of a lot of uh, great players that have come through here the last fifty years or so, and if we reti- if we if we officially retired every number. 
then we might run out of numbers. Of course, that's going to be a little harder to do now as far as running out of numbers with the NFL expanding certain positions like defensive back and I think linebacker and, and, uh, and obviously receiver running back that it's been expanded tight end. So that might be a little easier to, to uh, retire certain numbers, but the unofficial ones have always fascinated me because, you know, a, a, a player like Jack Lambert, obviously he was tremendous four time Super Bowl winner, uh, defensive player of the year, uh, countless pro bowls, countless first team, all pro selections. You know, you're, you're never going to see anybody wearing number 58, but yet how many players have, have, have donned 82 and 88 since Swan and, and Stallworth retired. I mean, they were equally as awesome. And uh, yet I, I can name probably close to two or three dozen players, maybe even more than that, that have donned those numbers since the early eighties, the mid eighties, uh, when the Stallworth retired in 87. So since the eighties, um, like I mentioned the other day in my article, David DeCastro was immediately given number 66, which is Alan Fanica's number. And he's going into the hall of fame this year. Um, uh, who am I, who else? Uh, there, there's so many, uh, of course, Kendrick green was, was quickly issued, uh, Marquis Pouncey's number this year. Uh, not even a year after he retired, his <laughs> number 53, which I found pretty interesting. I don't care. I just, I just, I'm just fascinated by the, by the, um, the inconsistencies of it. Because, uh, like people say, well, you know, it's hard to it's hard to retire a, a number in the '80s because because you know there aren't you know all these receivers and tight ends at least up until recently they always had to wear um, a number between '80 and '89. But you retired Heinz Ward's number unofficially, you know, and um, uh, it, and it's never really a problem for defensive backs. I mean, a defensive back before this year, before they expanded it, they were always eligible to wear anything from 20 to 49. Um, yet, you know, you'll never see anybody wearing Mel Blunt's number 47, but they've been giving out Rob Woodson's number 26 since he left here. You know, uh, Deshae Townsend had it, which he was, he had a nice career. Le'Veon Bell had it. He had a nice career. Uh, Mark Barron had it though. And, and who knows who uh, Anthony McFarlane has it now. So, you know, I know why Rod Woodson didn't retire here and he left as a free agent, but he was still a tremendous player when he was here. He played here for 10 years. He was on the, 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 the 75th anniversary team. And he was, he was named that team when he hadn't even played a decade yet. That shows you how great of a career he had and what kind of a player he was. And I really, you know, like what's the difference if, if a player, uh, doesn't retire here. It's a different era, you know, than it was in the seventies and the sixties and the fifties, you, you know, you could, it, you had to expect that players were going to leave. You know, it's just, that's just the na- nature of, of modern day NFL. So what difference does that make? I think Rob Woodson is one of the top five players who ever played for the Steelers. And, you know, I think, you know, he deserves a little bit more, I hate to say respect because it's, again, it's not really life or death, but I think, it would be great if, if he was honored in that way and, and they stopped giving out his number 26. That's just, that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people don't agree with that. Um, I just, uh, I just think it's fascinating. And in my opinion, who I think the players that I think 
should be off limits. I said that I was going to, I was going to reveal my opinion on that. It should be the two players whose numbers are officially retired. That's Ernie Stauntner and Joe Green. Now I'd love to see some more. I think it'd be great if they did some more officially retired uh, ceremonies like Jack Lambert, like Jack Ham, like Mel Blunt, like Lynn Swan, Terry Bradshaw. That'd be great. You know, they, they like to say, well, well, you know, if we, if we retired all these numbers, we'll, we'll run all the numbers, but it's not like it's ironclad. It's not like it's written in stone. If you had to unretire a number, I'm, you know, it's not like it's going to be the end of the world. So you haven't been, you haven't been given these numbers off for decades anyway. So what harm could, could, could come from, from officially retiring these? I mean, a lot of these guys are getting up in age. I mean, Jack Lambert's what, probably close to 70 now, Mel Blunt, Terry Bradshaw's in his seventies. I know that. Franco, those guys are getting up in age. You know, maybe it'd be nice to do something and have some numbers uh, put up in the rafters or, or whatever they do at Heinz Field. They don't have rafters at Heinz Field. It's not a dome, but you know what I mean. Like, it would be nice to have some some, uh, some of these kind of ceremonies. You, you can bring these guys back and reminisce again, and, and it would be a thrill. I don't know. I mean, you could do one a year, if, you know, <laughs> one every two years. I don't know. Maybe maybe it would it would it would get old after a while. I I don't know, but I, I just find this stuff fascinating. It's just it's just not like I'm not mad about any of it. Like I don't care. Like it's not like it's something I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this. Why are they doing this? It's just it's just fascinating that you know this guy is 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 off limits, but this guy isn't. You know, I just I just uh, I I think that's pretty interesting. So on that note, I am going to end my rambling for the night. At least my own rambling and I'm going to ramble as I answer your question. So let's see what you guys have. Here's one from Russ and he says, uh, I missed it. Nah, I'm sure it was good. Here's Michael O'Malley and I agree. And he says, oh, man, I, I missed it again. Sorry. You guys are fast. And he says, retire number 68, LC Greenwood. That would be tremendous. He passed away back in what 2013, I think, or 2014, and uh, that would be that would be tremendous if they if they could uh, honor Elsie. He, he might never make it in the Hall of Fame. Um, I think he's in the Hall of Honor, the Steelers Hall of Honor, which is obviously a tremendous honor. He's one of the greats who have ever who has ever uh, played for the Steelers. But retiring his number to me that'd be fantastic. That would be a great a great honor, and and I think it would. Uh, it would, it would, there'd be a lot of people who would, who would be on board with that. And here's one from Ezra Nehemiah. And he says, number 75, that's me, Joe Green's number. And his famous Coke commercial from 1979, where he uh, interacts with the little kid and he throws the kid his jersey and it, it, he showed a soft side for the, maybe the first time in his entire career. And he says that commercial made me a Steeler fan. I guess he says Steeler, but I, I, he, he means Steeler fan, but we're all Steelers in some way, right? And here's from Ken, Ken Cranston, and he says, thanks, Tony. I appreciate your rambling. Well, I'm glad you do because I do that a lot. And here's one from Donald Nolan about numbers, and he says, I'd like to see numbers passed on and new players try to live up to the previous greatness that wore it before. And that's, 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 uh, that's a great point. You know, I mean, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell did a pretty darn good job living up to Rod Woodson's number. Uh, even Deshae 
Deshea had a lot of big plays for the Steelers during his career. He was never a, a superstar. He was never um, a, really a Pro Bowl player here, but he, had, you know, remember the Dallas interception in 2008? The guy, the guy was a, a great player. He, 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 he didn't live up to Rob Woodson's standards, but few players could, you know. And like I said in my article, and by the way, I made a mistake. I, I reread it earlier and I realized that I, I said, you know, Pat Fryermuth is never going to make anybody forget about Lynn Swan. Uh, but, but Pat's wearing number 87 and uh, what Kevin Rader has number 88. So either, either way, uh, if, 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 if either of those players goes on to be the next Gronk, they're not going to make anybody, uh, whoever wears number 88, I should say, whoever's wearing number 88 today, if they go on to have a great career, and you know, pass up Swan as far as the stats and everything. They're not going to make anybody forget about Lynn Swan, you know. Uh, even if they if they totally shatter uh, the, 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 that legacy or not legacy, but you know, if they if they totally surpass his legacy as far as achievements as a as a professional, nobody's going to ever forget about Lynn Swan. You know, nobody's ever going to forget about Jack Lambert. You know, you could have ten number fifty eights come through here over the next 40 years. Nobody's ever going to forget about Jack Lambert. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm rambling and coughing. Um, to me, it's a fascinating topic. I just, I just, I, I enjoy the heck out of talking about it. Michael O'Malley says, you have, uh, you have a hard time finding a 47. And uh, yeah, it's true. I, I haven't seen very many 47. And you know what else? Speaking of, of uh, how many, you know, you see Jack Lambert number, uh, number 58 everywhere you see, you see um, uh, a ton of Mean Joe Green. You see, you know, lot, lots of uh, Troy. You see lots of uh, James Harrison, number 92. Who? There's another one who may be a, a candidate to have his number retired someday, or at least placed in the off the unofficial off-limits category. But you don't see, uh, getting back to my point, you don't see very many Jack Ham number 59. I mean, Jack Ham was spectacular. I mean, there are a lot of people who, who said he was the greatest outside linebacker who ever lived. Uh Right before, right before Lawrence Taylor came into the league, that's how good Jack Ham was. I mean, he was tremendous. He just didn't, he didn't have that that rough and gruff Jack Lambert kind of persona, but he was every bit the player that Jack Lambert was. You know, but you don't see too many number fifty nines um, when it comes to the, uh, the 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 fans that have the, the these legacy jerseys. So that's pretty interesting. What else? Um, you don't see very many. Um, what number am I looking at? I'm thinking of. Uh, nah, I can't think of it. But yeah, you don't see very many. You don't see very many Webster jerseys. Number 52, arguably the greatest center who ever lived. You don't see very many fans with that number. So it's always interesting how how uh, uh, certain fans gravitate to uh, certain numbers and certain players. Like I think uh, 20, 30 years from now, uh, whether it's unofficially retired or not, Harrison's number 92 is going to be the new Lambert 58. Cause in many ways, Harrison was a lot like Lambert in terms of his, his, uh, you know, mean and nasty persona and like the every man loved, loved Harrison. They, they, they love Debo. So I think you're going to see that number 92 be the most popular Jersey from the, the, uh, the two thousands teams that won those uh, two Super Bowls. So that's going to, he's going to be the new Lambert in uh, like, you're going to see if there's still, uh, online uh, activity in 30 years, you're going to see a lot of fans with with names like number 92 this and number, like you do with, with Lambert today with the number 58. 
And here's one from, from Russ, and he says, in 1979, in the 1979 Super Bowl, in the 1970 Super Bowls, I was a teenager. Nobody will ever make me forget those teams. Amen. You know, I love Brett Kiesel. I think he's great. But I still remember, I still have fond memories of, of LaVon Kirkland, who wore number 99 back in the 90s when I was in my uh, early, very early 20s watching those great Steeler teams. Uh, what else we have here? Um, here's one from Ken Cranston, and he says, Jack Ham has himself an incredible feel-good story as well. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he has a great story. He's from Johnstown. Johnstown, PA. He went to Penn State. Just a just a tremendous player. I mean, obviously he benefited like a lot of those players did from that tremendous defensive line. And he said, you know, those four guys up front were so good that Jack and and you know, meaning Jack Lambert and, and him and 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 um, uh, Andy Russell, they never had to. They, they barely had to blitz, at least in those early years, until like maybe the late seventies when they did a little a little bit more. But they they, they can concentrate on on playing the run and and dropping back in the pass coverage. And Jack Ham was a tremendous uh, linebacker in pass coverage. I mean, he, I think he had, when he retired, I think he was the, the active leader in interceptions for linebackers. I think that's, that was the stat, if I'm not mistaken. Just a tremendous football player. I mean, they were all great. I mean, they were all great. It's not Donnie Shell's number 31. I mean, you probably shouldn't see too many people wearing that number anymore. I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame this year. He's immortal now. I mean, it's just so, it's just such a great, great, uh, a great time to be a, uh, a Steeler fan. And I, I, I often wish I was 10 years older so I could have remembered those teams, but I was a little bit too young, unfortunately. And here's one from Donald Nolan, and he says, Ola didn't live up to number 92. It looked like he would. In his first preseason, remember that? That was uh, he was tremendous. And number 98, this is from Ezra, and he's talking about Casey Hampton, most underrated nose tackle from the 2000s. Well, I don't know if he was really that underrated, but he was definitely he was definitely um somebody who who maybe should get more love because he was a tremendous, tremendous player when he was here. Casey Hampton, big snack, big hamp. Danny Gaddis from Facebook says. Best safety ever, number 43. Well, you're not going to get any arguments from me. I love Troy. I absolutely love him. Just an absolute tremendous player. And somebody who, just another unique personality who had a great perspective. Uh, he probably still does so much for the homeless. He would just show up. You hear stories. He would just show up uh, and bring bring people clothes and food. And one time there was a, like a camera crew there uh, interviewing homeless people and and Troy just happened to show up. He wasn't there with anybody. He just showed up, uh, uh, gave his time, gave his uh, get money and food and everything and clothing. And and the, the the one person said, "Oh, that's Troy. He's here all the time." You know, he's just a great, great, great football player. Obviously, great memories, but also a, a tremendous human being. And, and uh, if if, any, if there's anybody that deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer based on the kind of career he had and the kind of person he is, it's Troy Polamalu. And on that note, at 9.47, I think I'm going to call it a night. This was a fun night. You guys were tremendous. Great participation. Great, great memories from uh, the, the, the Jersey discussion. I really enjoyed that. 
Kathy Ford says, and I'll, I got to include this. Tony was born in Ramble Man, trying to make a living and doing the best he can. Good show, Tony. Ain't that the truth? I'm definitely trying to make a living the best I can. I'll tell you that. Times are times are tough. Not that tough, but you know, not not you know, you know. Obviously, I I uh, I don't have a uh, any gold statues behind me. Not yet, anyway. I'm I'm working on it. So uh, anyway, uh, my man Terry T Money's in the house. Uh, he joins us too late, but still. And he says, I think anyone makes it to the Hall of Fame is worthy of retiring the number. I agree, Terry. I agree. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And on that note, I will bid you all adieu. Again, please check out Behind the Store Curtain, the website. Please check out Behind the Store Curtain, uh, YouTube channel. Please like. Please subscribe. Please check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. Michael Beck does a great job with social media. Uh, check out the website. And until I talk to you again, you all have a great weekend. If it's Tuesday, by the time you're listening to this, I hope you had a great weekend. And until I talk to you again, go Steelers. Take care, everybody.